Hello, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. Well, you've got two really good pieces today to listen to. First, I have an interview between myself and Effie Kaliopoulos. Effie has created a marvelous series of short documentary films, each very brief, that she has just completed recently. She's placed them on YouTube, and they're all about bringing awareness to what she considers invisible conditions, invisible illnesses, things that people are suffering from that we're just not aware of, let's call it. And it's an awareness project that she's been working on for a few years. She did a Kickstarter, and you'll hear her tell us all about it and how to find the videos and appreciate the good work that she's doing. This is followed by an interview between Mary Elliott and a gentleman named Ron. Ron had a total knee replacement. He explains his prehabilitation and rehab after surgery, how it went, how it really got his life back on track. And um, it's a wonderful story between you know two good folks. Ron is in Michigan. Mary's in Michigan. They've known each other for a little while through Ron's wife, who also has a recovery story to share. So let's first listen to my conversation with Effie, and then we've got Mary and Ron, and there's a good podcast for you. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Okay, this is PJ Ewing. I'm here with Effie, and I am really happy to be here with Effie. Effie and I, we've known each other for a couple years, would you say, Effie? Yeah, I would say a couple years. Yeah, and you found us when you were launching your website. You had written a blog about your history and your background and your knee, and and then that we published that blog, and then you launched the website, Rising Above RA, and then just recently, you've got this little mini documentary series. It's pretty awesome. You're, you're a busy bee. You're doing good stuff, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I found, yeah, I found you guys, yeah, well, like what you just said, but also when I was kind of struggling with my own knee situation after my total knee replacement, um, you know, I was using the continuous passive motion machine and wasn't really helping me, so I was searching the net, and I ended up coming across extant therapy and that's where we are now right. talking yeah so. yeah it's amazing how we both grown because at the time we didn't have a podcast i don't think we, yeah. we were launching the blog so it's all you know that was all new to us and then of course you've done so many things since then um and it was really it was really right at that moment it's kind of fun because you you've come so far I, on your site you've got all these awards and notices and you know it's so well developed and the articles that you're writing um but let's go, let's go back. Let's go to you, your background, how you got involved with this whole journey, your arthritis journey. Uh, t- take, tell people who don't know anything about you, about you. Okay, yeah. So I've been living with juvenile arthritis for 15 years, and um, I am a writer, a blogger, and I created my website, Rising Above Rheumatoid Arthritis, in 2016 during my healing process of, you know, my total knee replacement. And so that's pretty much what I'm doing now. Um, I freelance write for a couple of websites, um, get featured in places that, you know, want to feature me and, you know, like podcasts like PJ's having right now. And also I, you know, have a YouTube channel. It hasn't really been um, well developed, you know, since I started it because it's just so hard to keep up with everything. But I recently created a that 
documentary style type of film. I wouldn't say it's like a full-on documentary because there are actors who obviously are acting out scenes that are not real, but um, a lot of the stuff that is discussed is happening to a lot of people. It happened to me, and it's called I'm Invisible No More. Basically, it was inspired by my experience having the cops on, called on me 10 years ago when someone thought I was misusing my disabled parking placard. And ever since then, I've noticed a lot of people have had a lot of these experiences, even, you know, worse things done to them. And I felt that, you know, it was a time to bring this to light and raise awareness for these issues. And I'm also working on a children's book and finishing that up um, in terms of, you know, the story and everything. I have a character developed, so I'm really excited to bring that to life, but it's going to take a while for that to come to fruition, but hopefully by 2020 sometime, um, it will come to, you know, the world, and everyone will be able to read it. Uh, the book, is it going to be related topically to the, the journey arthritis and ju- juvenile uh, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis? Is, yeah. Well, yeah, the character has juvenile arthritis, but it's more of a subtle take on it. There's no mention of the disease in the book, um, mm-hmm. but obviously who are going to be reading it, who have access to my channels and stuff, will know the book, and then others will just take another viewpoint of it as well. But it's her, you know, the character, her name is Sophie, and um, she has an issue with her wing, basically. And, yeah, so it's kind of a journey going through, like, a transformation process in a way, um, you know, on her journey getting wisdom. So it's going to be, it's going to be nice the way I laid it out, I think, so. I don't know if you've ever come across uh, a kid's book. It's a picture book by uh, Robert Munch and Michael Marchenko are the two guys. One's a writer, one's the illustrator. They're out of Canada, Guelph, Ontario. And they write a whole bunch of these little paperback, very adorable, clever children's books. One of them is called Zoom, Z-O-O-M. Have you heard of that? No, I've never heard of them. I'll have to look it up. Look it up. It's been around for maybe 10 or 15 years. Uh, I read it to my oldest and now my little ones. And it's adorable, but it's about a girl, a real person who is on crutches. And I don't know why, but she I think she's got some uh, debilitating condition of some sort. And it's about her getting uh, wheelchairs, successive wheelchairs that are increasingly powerful and <laughs> to the point where they're like off-road giant awesome vehicles. And it's, yeah. it's about empowerment for a... Uh, a girl who's got a condition to deal with, basically. It's adorable. I would look it up. Okay. Yeah, I might yeah. have heard of it. I just have to see the cover to remember there's so many out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, we, yeah. we actually did, uh, uh, maybe when my Maxine was much younger as a little kid, we did an audio recording. Like, we recorded our own voices and put sound effects and music. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. I'll share it with you. But it was just a it was really cute interpretation of that story specifically. That's why I know it so well. So, oh. anyways, it was fun. Creative projects, right? Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, let's see. Let's talk about the videos because I just watched them within the last week, just as you launched them. There are three of them. And the point is to talk about invisible disabilities. And this obviously came from your own experience. Um, who do you hope to reach and what kind of impact are you shooting for with the, with these pieces? Um. I mean, I'm trying to reach, obviously, those who live with invisible illnesses and disabilities who need some sort of, you know, support or have, you know, someone out there who can relate to them in one way or another, and then also people in society who may not be aware of what these issues are, you know, because a lot of the times when people are experiencing, 
you know, harassment or bullying or, you know, threats and, you know, with these issues in society, it's mainly because people don't necessarily understand, you know, what's going on with someone. So I did want to reach society on a whole um, who may not be living with these conditions or may not know anyone around them to help them understand. Because a lot of times if you have like a family member or friend, you may be like, okay, I'm aware of what that is. But then again, sometimes you don't even understand either. So just basically everyone and anyone who comes across it, I feel can, you know, get some sort of um, benefit from watching it. And when it comes to reach, I didn't really have like a necessarily like a big plan or anything. It's just something I wanted to do. And if it reaches many people and great, if not, then it's fine. You know? Um, so that's pretty much where I came mm-hmm. from in creating it. And are you, how are you, how are you sharing it with people? I mean, is it traditional Facebook and, um, website, this kind of stuff. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, like, there's, like, people, like, I just message that I know personally about, like, hey, watch my video, I've launched it, or it's, like, on social media mainly, like, if I put my link up. Um, I have been, like, planning this for a while. Um, I raised a Kickstarter. I mean, I did a Kickstarter raise $500 for it. I know it's not a lot. I mean, usually for films, you have to raise a couple thousand or hundred dollars to make it successful even more but mine was like very low budget it wasn't anything like you know major but um yeah I raised money in March for that this year and then I you know with my own efforts I raised another you know 500 or so but you know this has been like in the works for like I don't know a year or two but it was more like trying to find someone who would be willing to work with me on it and so I had to like contact people like producers and stuff in my area and then also there was a lot of planning that went into it because you can't film in certain areas around here without a permit or like not necessarily like um, a permit, I would say, but like there's the permission that needs to be um, placed when you have to film in certain areas. And a lot of people don't really even go by that. They just go and film. Um, so I had to scout out certain areas that would actually work for the film because some areas didn't. And, yeah, there was just, like, a lot of planning that would involve, and I obviously had to wait for a good time for the weather to be cooperative around here <laughs> because mm-hmm. I didn't want to film when it was, like, snowing or raining or cold. So, you know, I was looking up awareness days, and I found out Invisible Disabilities Week happened to be in October, and it just happened to work out really well. So, because they invite, um, basically, Invisible Disabilities Association is the, you know, organization that created this week, and they invite everyone on social media to share their stories. So in whatever form that may be, video, blog. So, yeah, it just fit perfectly with, you know, my theme and what I wanted to do. Interesting. And um, I, I did like the pieces a lot. You know, it's funny that it's very specific to someone who's got an invisible disability who is living their life. They're out there, you know, interacting in public, and they're kind of called out by the fact that they seem to be using a pass uh, for a parking spot that it doesn't seem like they need as one example. And uh, suddenly, you know, there's a, a moment where they're having to defend themselves against someone who's accusing them of, you know, wrongdoing, I'll call it. But it isn't, of course. It's an invisible disability or condition that, you know, no one would know. Uh, and, and I thought it was a, a terrific t- t- portrayal of that condition and that situation. Um, but it also led me to beyond. I mean, it's bigger than the disability, which is obviously where you're focusing. What if someone's having a bad day? What if they are going through a divorce? What if their kid didn't get into the right college? Who knows 
what's yeah. going on in someone's life, right, disability or otherwise, and suddenly, you know, there's a, a moment that didn't need to happen, you know, and it's a little bit about caring and looking out for your fellow man and a lot big altruistic thoughts, I guess. But it struck me that, you know, we all have our, our moments and moods and, and nobody knows right. what's going on in our heads. Uh, so I, I thought it was very, the messaging for me struck me as, wow, I, I never thought about it. So it worked on me. I mean, gee, I never thought about a, a specifically disability as the reason that somebody is going through something. But, you know, it, it, it so I, I guess my eyes were open, but it also, I, I in my head, I broadened it to, you know, just, Love each other, <laughs> you know, take care of each other kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's perfect, and that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, show in the video too. Like everyone has their moments where we, we can look back and we are not proud of something we've done or said, you know, but um, that's why kind of at the end I, you know, the video of part one where I kind of say like maybe we can, you know, stop before reacting. I mean, it's not obviously always going to be the case. People are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's it just that's something a perspective to think about yeah uh what is the i'm going to show my ignorance here what is the condition that's been questioned as a real condition for the longest time it, it involves lethargia and lo loss of energy do you know what i'm talking about chronic fatigue syndrome there you go i lost it i didn't have it in my <laughs> brain that's one that i know has been validated but it, it's it's looked at with suspicion. Would you put that in the same category as this? I think it would um, be in this category because it, fatigue falls into a lot of these invisible disabilities and illnesses as a symptom. It also mm -hmm. is a disease on its own right. that people really do struggle with and, and immensely. So, and I know some people who do, but I know on my behalf personally, fatigue was a symptom with juvenile arthritis and even for adults with rheumatoid arthritis. So they're not mm -hmm. the same thing, but they have similar symptoms. But, you know, for my condition, I struggled with fatigue at one point, but, you know, now it's better. But there's a lot mm -hmm. of people who just have fatigue as their main, you know, illness, and it impacts right. their daily lives greatly. Right, right. Yeah. How about fibromyalgia? Is that in the yeah. same category, or is that its own thing? No, that's its own thing. That's a more of a controversial uh, disease because a lot of people don't think it exists. Um, you, if you look up, you know, on the internet, a lot of people will be like, well, it's not real. It's not really a, a disease. I wouldn't, you know, a lot of doctors don't think it's anything, but there are a lot of patients who are diagnosed with it and have the symptoms for it. So it's a, that's a tricky one, but it is under the category of that. Mm-hmm. I've uh, worked with a patient of ours that had fibromyalgia, and it was very evident when, when there was a bit of an I'll call it an attack or an episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was clear as a bell that heart rate and there were a whole bunch of things going on that were that happened to this lady because of what she had had been diagnosed as fibromyalgia. So, um, what are there any others that we should bring up now that that are that are in this this world of invisible? I mean, migraines might be there. Could they be? Yeah, that is on there as well. And the thing is with the lists and stuff is a very broad category. I wish I could include like all like the details, you know, with arthritis too, you know, that there's more than a hundred different forms. Um, mm -hmm. Even with cancer too, you know, the, the list says cancer, but there's so many forms of cancer, you know, and in part three, I actually have a woman named Michelle who is a reporter on this issue. And she actually, um, I think, believe she had the condition herself and she wrote me about, how cancer is more than just the word cancer too, you know, 
And it's like, you know, I wish I could put um, more of the information for people on there, but then uh, there would be like a 30-minute video out probably, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so hard because, you know, there's so many diseases I don't even know about in, with arthritis too. I mean, I don't know all the different 100 forms of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know the main ones, but there's a lot of different ones. And I don't know if everyone, you know, even if I did mention them, they would understand because then you would have to look it up and put the definition under each one of them because they're so different. Like with juvenile arthritis, it's called juvenile idiopathic arthritis now. They used to call it juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, but they changed the name because people thought that basically a kid with JRA had the same symptoms as an adult with rheumatoid arthritis, and it's totally different. Got it. You know, and only people know that if they look up the definition of the condition, you know. So putting a name out there is not really going to help people understand what it is either, you know. So you have to kind of go into explanation about it, which is kind of like what the video did too for invisible illness and invisibility because those two things are even different. Like I say in the video, someone with an invisible illness may not even be disabled. They can go to work full time. They can, you know, their social life isn't impacted at all but they still live with an invisible illness that people don't understand. And there's other people who've lived with an invisible illness for years that's impacted them greatly who've had to go on disability, can't work full-time, not even at all, you know. So there's two different, they kind of work together in a coexisting relationship sometimes. So what do we want people to do? I think we probably want them to go right to YouTube right now sure. and find I Am Invisible No More. Uh, or, or, or what else would you like to share with uh, folks that are listening? Yeah, I mean, nothing really else. You can go watch the video, and if you want to learn more about what I do, my link for my Instagram, my blog is there, and if you feel the need to, you know, look me up and connect, that's it's great. I'm always open to talking to people and getting to know others. So. Yeah, I mean, you're literally there as a resource to help people facing yeah. a lot of conditions. And that the best way to get to you would be, I guess, um, well, like, certainly they could go to Twitter, I suppose, but, but it's the risingabovera.com. Is that the, the best place? Yeah, to... my blog is risingabovera.com, and then if you just happen to follow my Instagram or Twitter, my blog is there too, so you can find me and connect with me either way. It doesn't matter, whatever. And what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter and Instagram handle is risingabovera as well. Got it. So Rising Above RA web, website, and then the, we have right now 1,262 views. Boy, would it be great to make that 12,000 or 120,000 someday. And that's an amazing, it's amazing progress in a very short period of time to get to that number. I mean, that's great. But obviously, stuff like this and, and other work that you're doing to get the word out will just propagate the, the opportunity to view and, and then think because it really is a, a wonderful, very short three pieces that inspire, I think, a person to think about people around them and, and maybe be a little bit more thoughtful and caring, which is really admirable, Effie. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for, for, for this little quick hit on the Bees Needs podcast, and, and I, I'm a big supporter, so I'll, I'll do everything I can. In, in our episode, we'll have an episode webpage for this, so I will put links to all of your stuff so that people that listen to this can go right into their iTunes or click episode webpage and they can awesome. find all of these links. So let's let we're on board here at the Bees Knees, okay? Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well thanks again. Thank you. Well that was really fun to reconnect with Effie. I love what she's doing. She is so dedicated to her craft 
and spreading the word. Her website is really great. And of course, these videos are so interesting to uh, open our minds a little bit. Okay, let's move on to Mary Elliott and her patient, Ron, and really an inspiring story of recovery. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Elliott from X10 Therapy. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I have a wonderful, inspiring, very active, athletic man who used the X10 and had a remarkable uh, recovery. So he just recently had knee surgery, and I will bring Ron on. So all of you athletes out there who are concerned, who maybe aren't moving as quickly and as strong as you used to, guess what? There's hope. Fill yourself with faith because there is a great solution for you to keep you active and live the life of your dreams. All right, so let me introduce Ron, and he'll tell you his story. Hi, Ron. Hi, Mary. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Really great, thanks. All right, so how about, um, Ron, let's see. Let's start from the very beginning. Tell me... Um, what was happening in your life that you were starting to consider, boy, oh, boy, I may need knee surgery? Um, and then t tell us what happened after that. Well, it goes back to 1991. I used to windsurf a real lot. It was my favorite sport. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I was in a very, you know, high wind day and injured my knee. Um, so I put up with the pain. I, I didn't really tear my ACL it was just a, a stretch, and I damaged some of the meniscus. So as I went through life from that point forward, it just kept getting worse and worse and more pain. Uh, eventually, I was seeking out, you know, getting cortisone shots. I was getting uh, two-part shots. Um, I was trying everything to uh, alleviate the pain uh, in the joint. So I could do the things. I love to ski. I love to bike ride. I used to do marathons and triathlons. Uh, my wife and I love hiking. Uh, we're very outdoors people. Uh, lots of travel and my biking. So everything was on the back burner. And I would, I would try to enjoy my sports and have pain. So I went to an orthopedic surgeon uh, for a few years, a lot of years actually. And every time I would complain that I had pain, I had pain. Uh, it was funny because he said one day, he said, you know, you always complain about pain. He says, I'm a surgeon. He says, you have no idea the back pain that I have all day long. He said, at the end of the day, I have to be totally prone because of my back pain. He says, you're complaining about pain. You manage pain. He says, that's not a reason for surgery. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. So as I went forward, my wife was seeing a different orthopedic, Dr. Werner, and she went and arranged for a knee surgery, and I thought, well, this is my solution. If I get a knee replacement surgery, I'll be good as new. Well, she saw him, scheduled her surgery. They brought the X10 machine out prior to her surgery and for pre-surgery uh, therapy, and then she had her surgery, and four weeks later, I had shoulder replacement surgery. And she helped me with my recovery. I helped her with hers. Well, eight weeks later after my shoulder surgery and watching my wife's recovery, just so perfect. She was, within four weeks, we were walking, you know, a mile at Kensington Metro Park by our house. Um, she was very active after the surgery, and I thought, okay, I'm so excited about this. So I was fortunate enough to also get the X10 pre-surgery uh, for a couple weeks and then went through my surgery. And here I am, I guess, now seven weeks post-surgery. Um, 
And even a few weeks after surgery, I had such great results, um, biking and hiking and walking and uh, even I think it was about the fourth week or so, four and a half weeks, I went for a 24-mile bike ride with a friend of mine and just felt great. And I thought, this is amazing. I have a replacement knee and I'm able to do the things that I like to do. So it was just, to me, a very amazing transformation from having pain. and, And, you know, you start living with pain and that's the thing. You say, well, it hurts, but I just got to get through the day. And you're taking, you know, um, a leave or you're taking ibuprofen or you're taking something to help with the swelling. And, you know, and all those things aren't really good for your system, your liver and your stomach. And so I really wanted to do something. And I think the surgery was something I thought would be a last resort. But, boy, I wish I'd considered it a lot of years earlier. Really? You know what? All my patients say that to me. I I hear that day in, day out. Well, let me ask you this. All right. So I know your surgeon uh, told you, well, pain wasn't a very good reason, right, to have surgery. And then you you sought out another surgeon and he expressed a whole different pathway for you. And and if I'm correct, weren't you initially, because I met, I had the pleasure of meeting Ron, when Carol, his wife, was going through her recovery. And at that time, Carol and I, you know, we spoke about Ron, and she told me he had just had shoulder surgery, sorry about that, and that he was recovering from that, and he was planning on having his knee surgery too. But I I thought back it was going to happen the next spring. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call from Carol saying, hey, Mary, uh, guess what? (laughs) My husband was so happy about my recovery, he decided to move up his recovery so that he could uh, he could be part of the new protocol that Dr. Werner is using. And let, let's explain that to our audience, Ron. So how exactly did you recover? What did you do? Like, what, tell, well, tell everybody what you used and how, how it worked for you. Yeah, it was, it was exclusively the X10 machine. Aaron was my coach with X10 and they brought it out and Martin came out and set it up and it was all adjusted for my leg and uh, it's a it's a wonderful device. You sit in a nice comfortable chair and your leg is in this device and it passively moves your leg to work on range of motion and then uh, post-surgery is really when it comes into play that you're doing these strengthening exercises also but I was so impressed watching Carol because she had taken time off for her surgery, and I'm retired, so I was able to help her with her recovery. And watching every day as she would sit there and run through these routines that she had on the machine, and then she also had um, some floor exercises they gave her. But it was amazing that the range of motion came back so quickly. I really thought, wow, because you're, you know, you're kind of locked up a little bit after surgery, but it's not so because now – it's important to realize you have this artificial device in your leg. It's not your joint where I used to have pain. If I moved my leg, if I was coming, uh, folding my leg up too far, I would get pain. If I stood on it the wrong way, I got pain. If I exercised too much, I got pain. Well, that all was changed immediately when he performed the surgery because he took the joint out, put in an artificial joint, and now this metal artificial joint it doesn't have pain. It, it moves freely. So that was really the biggest uh, eye-opener to me. And Erin was kind of cute when she said, you have to push through this tightness because the tightness was the fact 
that my upper leg muscles had basically atrophied a little over the years because I didn't allow that range of motion. It hurt me to go too far. So the muscles had shortened. And you don't really think about that in your own body, like, okay, this muscle isn't as long as it should be because it's shortened and it's very tight and tense. So working through that tightness is what the machine allowed me to do. And it was kind of a revelation because I kept telling her, but it it hurts, I have pain. She goes, it's really the tightness of the muscle you're feeling. And I thought, well, it is a different sensation than the pain I used to have, which was bone on bone for me. It was constant pain and a real nagging pain. And now what I had was just a tightness in the muscle. And it's really amazing that you can stretch that and get it back. And I was able to get to 130 degrees of flexion, folding that leg up upon itself, which I hadn't done for years. I would say, you know, eight or 10 years, I had not been able to fold that leg up. I had been putting up with so much pain. To speak to your question of why I decided, I had my shoulder surgery and my recovery went pretty well. Um, And I looked at it and I thought, either I go next year with my knee surgery or I do it all this year and I'm only down for one, one period. So it really was shoulder surgery and eight weeks later knee surgery. And then four weeks later, I was recovering very quickly. Three and four weeks later, I was doing great. So I thought it was a much better decision than going through the whole process again next year and being down for the count. So I missed a little bit of summer being indoors and working on this machine, but I'll tell you what, I would do it all over again because it works so well. Okay, and did you use the X10 for prehabilitation too? Did you prehab yeah, with the X10? You did, okay. Yes, and I was, I was surprised. I didn't know about that part of it. Carol had it, and I thought, well, this is interesting because they're, they're had, like when I had my shoulder surgery done, you just show up for your surgery. There was nothing to do beforehand. So for the X10 coming out, it works on the flexing of your muscles and, and the movement of your leg and helps your range of motion and some strength training to see where you are as a benchmark prior to surgery, but it also really helped uh, give me more range of motion than I had. And then following surgery, that was a big plus because your leg is already uh, accustomed and the muscles have already been stretched. So I think that really in in unison with the post-surgery, the pre-surgery really, really helps that recovery. I thought it was a very unique approach. Okay, well, your results were phenomenal. Phenomenal. At five weeks, you, let's see here, at five weeks, a typical patient, and I think I had mentioned this to you earlier too, Ron, a typical patient at, uh, that has traditional therapy, fifth, 30 days post-surgery, they still have a 50% quadricep loss. Well, not only did you not have a loss, but you exceeded your uh, initial quadricep strength and a little it had happened just a little you hit that benchmark a little over four weeks post-surgery and then also on top of that because I know you're a biker so your hamstrings are important to you too a little past seven weeks you exceeded your hamstring strength and a little past six weeks you exceeded your calf strength so tell me how do you feel now how do you feel now compared to pre-surgery oh I like I didn't have surgery I mean, seriously, um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I only am limiting a little bit of activity on uneven ground walking because that's 
the probably the last part to come on this rehab is the side to side motion of the joint and the strengthening of the ligaments and tissues. So that that's what I'm working on now. Um, but it's it's crazy how fast it came back. And I think it's interesting, Mary, how as soon as I took my mind out of the equation and stopped feeling I have pain, I have pain, is when I broke through because Erin was on the phone with me. She was really great. She worked with text and uh, emails and phone calls and personal visits to make sure I knew how to use machine properly and walk me through. But then when I hit a little stumbling block because I kept saying my knee is really tight, she said, okay, I'm going to help you push through it. And just by having her encourage me to bear down a little bit on that knee muscle, the leg muscle as it was tightening up, it broke through. And all of a sudden, I was getting to 120 degrees, 124 degrees, 126. And I really thought I had reached a wall again at 126. And while I was on the phone with her, I pushed through and got to 130. And that is the maximum flexion. So I... I I just was flabbergasted. My left leg, I could do that flexion. My right leg, I could maybe get to 100 degrees, and I would have pain like you couldn't believe before surgery. Following surgery, I'm back to 130 degrees flexion. I have full range of motion of the leg. My strength has come back in a big way. I mean, uh, I think I'm stronger than I was prior to surgery, which surprises me because I thought I did pretty good before, but... um, it's, I have gained a lot of strength in that leg. So I think it really, it just really is surprising. And and I'm only equating it to, I have not done uh, physical therapy uh, on my leg before, but I'm equating it to what I've seen when I was at physical therapy for my shoulder and I saw other patients that had knee problems and they were coming for six, seven, eight, ten weeks of therapy and doing lots of range of motion and lots of physical exercise but they were always complaining about pain. And I thought, well, okay, this machine, because the alignment of the joint with the axis of the rotation of the machine, there is no pain. The movement is very fluid, very, and and it's funny, the machine actually detects if there's resistance and it'll back off. So it really doesn't cause you pain. I I was really surprised at that. Uh, There was one point where I had set the uh, parameters too high and the machine was folding my leg up, and it actually stopped. And I thought, look at that. And Aaron explained that it's, it's sensitive to the movement of your leg, and if it encounters resistance, it does stop. It doesn't push through until you're ready to push through, which I thought was a, an excellent design feature. Yeah, we appreciate it too. And it keeps the patient safe and from, from them overbending or overextending their leg so that, that way they won't have increased swelling. So that that was that was part of one of the patents we have on the machine, is that technique. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's important. <laughs> it's really important for everyone to know. <laughs> you mentioned also when you're straightening the leg and you're straightening and stretching the hamstrings. That was something that was very surprising too. I always thought I was pretty flexible and I had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stretch in my hamstrings. I was really surprised how tight the back of my leg was from basically atrophying all these years and not doing the movement that I could because of the pain. But I found out that the machine was doing such a good job on my right leg that I had to do my left leg on floor exercise to keep up because my right leg was going right out to zero on the extension my leg fully extended on that machine, and my left leg, when I was doing my floor exercises, I was missing by a good 10 degrees. So 
of my right, even though it had surgery, was better than my non-surgery leg. So go for that it. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, yeah. how happy are you? So uh, tell me, what does life look like now? What are you really appreciating now Now that you've had this surgery and you've recovered so well? What, what is the biggest big deal here for you? There's, there's so many, Mary. It, it starts with sleeping better. I mean, my, I used to have restless sleep because I literally would roll over in the middle of the night and I would move my leg the wrong way and I would have pain right through the roof. I mean, my wife would say, what's wrong? She'd hear me yell in the middle of the night and just from rolling over. So pre-surgery, that was a common experience in our household. Or I would try to go upstairs and I would cringe or, or make a sound or, you know, all the time. It was just pain. But now sleeping better. Uh, I have more energy in the daytime because I'm sleeping better. My leg doesn't inhibit me from moving around and being active. I mean, I, I, look at, I look forward now to basically doing whatever I want, whenever I want, where I used to be limited on my scope of activity. My wife and I love to, you know, we live up against 3,000 acres of a, a state park, and we go walking out there all the time. Well, I would always, she would, she would say at the beginning of our walks, Quite honestly, between the two of us with our knees, she'd say, let's decide when is halfway, meaning we got so far out that I know I can make it home, but I can't go much further. And that's how our walks used to be. Where now we just keep walking, walking. We say, oh, my gosh, we've been out here an hour already. And we just don't have any limits. And it's very surprising because, you know, I'm 64. And I really thought that those were things that might be in my past. And I saw a lot of people that were contemporaries that just sit on the easy chair and now it's time for TV and, you know, they read books and, and their outdoor activities have just come to a stop. And I'm thinking, I don't, I think I'm too young for that. 64 is not old enough for that. So I really, really was pleased with the results. And now I look forward to the really the sky's the limits. I just, I think all of our activities, there's no limit now. We can just go enjoy ourselves. We're still recovering. I'm only seven weeks, but I'm stronger every day. And I imagine in a few more weeks, I'll be back to normal. Wow, that's beautiful, Ron. Right? Now that is a life lived well, right? When you are experiencing vibrancy and great health. And, and even, don't you feel even emotionally, you're, you're much feeling much lighter and happier and freedom you know freedom is a beautiful gift to give yourself right <laughs> beautiful <laughs> I do feel I, I do feel emotionally better and I'm sorry it's a little emotional I know I get it Ren I was sick for a long Carol, time Carol, I told me, Carol tells me that I don't have the stress on my face Ah, see, yeah, right, yeah. I am a true believer. Yeah, see. Well, when you love someone, right, you notice a lot of things about them, and you notice shifts. Yeah, but I I didn't realize I had that stress lines on my face from always being in pain. Sure. Well, it makes sense now, doesn't it? Right now that you've gone through it, right, and you're on the other side of it, right. You're just going day to day and just, you know, you're always cringing and your face is always scrunched up because you're in pain. <laughs> you, don't, you don't realize that even that is different. You, you sleep better. You feel better. Um, now, I, I'll, I'll tell you quite honestly, Carol and I both, prior to our surgeries, we, we really 
we really buckled down. We really worked hard on our diet, and we both dropped weight because we said we're going to give ourselves the best chance possible. So we knew that any extra pounds that we're carrying, so we both got in really, I think, tip-top shape right now because I'm – I've been married 30 years, and I'm the weight I was when I got married. So, <laughs> Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so that, that was things that has nothing to do with the machine, but it definitely helps you to lose the excess pounds because that joint needs the best chance it can get. So i got to tell people if they're considering it, if they have time before their surgery, correct your diet, try to get a few pounds shed because that's really going to help your recovery. Uh, thank you, Ron, for that. And I'm sure everyone's appreciating your words and your wisdom because you have had a remarkable recovery. So thank you for sharing all that. <laughs> thank you for sharing all that. Anything else you'd like to share that we, you and I haven't covered that you haven't shared already? Well, I just, I, I was, I got to say I'm puzzled because when I first went to the practice, I had, there's many doctors at their practice and Carol had Dr. Werner, and I had a different doc. And so I visited with him and talked about the, what would happen with surgery. And he said, well, I don't use the X10. I just use the physical therapy. And I said, but I want to do the X10 like my wife did because I'm telling you, she recovered, I think, very quickly, and she had great results. So that's why I switched to Dr. Werner so I could hopefully be part of that protocol and then it worked out. I was very fortunate to be part of the protocol. And I just think that if somebody has a chance and the opportunity is there, I say that would be the best possible scenario to have this practice with that doctor, with that X10, because I have seen such great results. And I'll never look back. Well, thank you, Ron. I'm sure Dr. Werner appreciates you, you letting him know that, too, so he knows and I, I know he already does, but knows that he's on the right track and he's doing the best for his I patients, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, Ron, from everything you just shared, I can see that your life from this day forward is going to be filled with a lot of bustling activity and a lot of joy and a lot of peace, right? You and Carol are going to be walking together <laughs> right into a lot of sunsets. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, uh, thank you, Ron. Well, this has been an incredible story you shared with us, and I am sure you've inspired many who maybe are out there suffering in pain and didn't really have clarity, especially um, if they're athletic like you. Boy, what should I do? What should my next step be? And when? I, I am sure you've helped guide them, right? I think, that, them. I think that's a common theme, though, Mary, that if you are active, your biggest fear is, what if I get this surgery and I'm not able to be active? Well, first and foremost, my activity had come grinding to a halt. Even though I, I ski patrol at two different mountains in town, so two days a week I ski patrol. I ski just about every day in the winter. But putting up with the pain all these years was what I did. I just kept putting up with the pain, putting up with the pain. And, you know, when you're ski patrol, you're helping people. So when somebody gets hurt and you respond, you can't complain that your knee hurts. <laughs> you, know, you, you just you work <laughs> through it. But I was so afraid of the surgery because I, I had heard – some people had bad results, and I thought, well, what happened to them? Why did it not work right? And I thought, what if it doesn't work right, and I'm even worse off than I am now? And as I saw Carol go through it and recover so quickly, it just gave me so much confidence 
that I just thought, this is actually a wonderful thing. I can go through this, I can recover, and I'll be stronger. And it really, really was exactly that. It just kind of fluidly flowed from pre-surgery to surgery to post-surgery to recovery. And now, I, I swear, I see people that I haven't seen in a while, and I told them I had knee surgery, and they said, you're kidding me, right? And I said, no. And that was even four or five weeks out. And they're like, four weeks later, and you're standing here doing this? I'm like, yeah. So I don't know if that's normal without the X10. I really think the X10 is what allowed me to have that recovery. So I'm pretty convinced. Well, thank you, Ron, for speaking right from your heart and telling us exactly how you feel. We, we appreciate this, and I'm sure everybody listening is going to appreciate that authenticity, too, from you. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. And that's why I do what I do, and that's why I uh, do these podcasts, because I want to share with everyone who's listening that, hey, you have options, and, you know, things can work out the way you're dreaming them to work out. And you can get your active life back and your freedom back and get your vibrancy back and, and live the life that you're dreaming of. So, yeah, right. We're going to fill everybody with hope and pass it, pay it forward, right? Paying it, pay it forward. Exactly right. <laughs> well, thank you, Ron. I wish you continued success in, in every part of your life. And please tell Carol I said hello and, um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and your story with us. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad to do it. We'd like to thank a few friends of the Bees Knees podcast, including the Knee Pain Guru, natural solutions for chronic knee pain without drugs, shots, surgery, or painful physical therapy. For more info, visit thekneepainguru.com. We're also brought to you by X10 Therapy. And special thanks to Dr. Justin Trosclair at the podcast, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time podcast awards nominated, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit adoctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.